At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. We're going to bring you all to our huddle. You're in. Where's huddle? Me, Bram, and with me, per usual, my master of all things video and sound, Maxine. How's it going? Maxime, I'm fired up to announce they're rejoining us after a genuinely far too long period of time. A former professional basketball player in both Brazil and Australia, the founder, owner, and operator of Triple Threat Academy, where he's developed multiple college and NBA players, including Damian Lillard. A man who has spent more than 35 years playing, learning, and coaching the game of basketball. And a guy who you do not want to share a table at French Laundry with, Mr. Tony Fracero. What's going on, Tony? <laughs> I was wondering if that was going to come up. All right, there we go. French Laundry. Avoid it like the plague. I wasn't sure how deep to go into the French Laundry thing. And as long as we're being totally transparent here, you know, you guys can probably tell bad audio today. I'm recording from San Diego on vacation with my family. Uh, and so my apologies for the shitty audio. In fact, let's just blame Maxime. Ta- Maxime, if you could take away that uh, explanation and just like fall on your sword here, I'd, I'd really appreciate it. Yeah, no worries. I mean, listen, a lot of the NBA players that played an All-Star weekend were complaining that they weren't able to be in Cabo. And look at you, you're getting the vacation. So I think it's working out anyways. <laughs> I got a, a random vacation story and then we'll jump in because Tony, you've been hand selected for this episode and I'm really excited to have you. But here's a story. So we we came down on our way to uh, San Diego, stopped in LA and went to Universal Studios and it was raining terribly but we were ahead of the curve. We knew it was going to be raining. So we wore like basically our school outfits. You know, I got like a jacket and the pants, all this stuff. And so I spend 90% of the day feeling super pompous because I'm actually prepared, which never happens. So like all these other people are overly wet and are hating their day and I'm fine. And it's like insulated shell. And then about, I don't know, two hours in, we go on a water ride, the Jurassic Park ride, which I made random decision to do during the rain. But I, I go through it and I have my jacket slightly unzipped. And at the end, this giant splash of water goes over my right shoulder, into my jacket, down my pantlet, into my shoe. And it's like the I went from the person most prepared to the person who hated everybody at that park. And it was just a fucking nightmare. So good times for me, dude. Well, that's also such a bummer because anything that's keeping water out is also keeping water in. So Oh yeah. Oh my God. And you and I was so pumped. Like real, I was telling everyone, I was like, oh, these shoes are working so well. But uh <laughs> anyways, Tony, I didn't drag you in here to hear vacation faux pas. Um, I love your takes. And I was thinking about it before you hopped on. I think one of the reasons I love your takes is because of your base of knowledge. Most of the people who we have on the show, we're talking to them because of their proximity to the team and the kind of information that gives them. But with you, we're talking to somebody who has played and watched and just been immersed in the sport. And so when we're talking about these Warriors takes, it's coming from a different place. And I'm always really excited to hear where you're coming from. So uh, welcome back, man. All right. Appreciate it. Yeah, sure. Um, We've got some Warrior stuff ahead of us, obviously. Uh, In fact, we got some prediction stuff coming up where you're going to give me a sense. Is it safe to open my heart again to this team now that we've seemingly figured it out? But before we do, glass half full, boys. Look back at recent basketball, and since that's only the All-Star Weekend, look back at the All-Star Weekend, give me something you like or don't. Um, Maxime, why don't you take us out here first? 
Wow, what an honor. I get to just gush about Steph and Sabrina. I mean, was there anything else to All-Star Weekend that mattered after coming out and saying, oh, this is going to be a great weekend. The game's going to be competitive. Adam Silver got slapped in the face. Maybe actually that's my favorite part was his, um, well, congratulations as he's handing out the Eastern Conference trophy for most points ever scored in, a, in an all-star game. I, it's just overall, I think seeing the ratings speaks for itself. The fact that the ratings peaked at whatever it was, 5.9 or whatever uh, million viewers for Steph and Sabrina is in and itself a coronation of who Steph is and the uh, incredible spotlight that Sabrina was willing to shoulder by being sort of clearly a representative of women's basketball um, and women's sports in general and then living up to the moment, scoring 26 points, which would have uh, tied for the best uh, performance in the overall three-point contest. Like a truly amazing performance. It lived up to all the hype. I was genuinely excited, which is not something that I'm used to feeling during the All-Star game. Um, And I just got to give all the credit then ultimately to Steph, who won the thing. It felt so good to see my guy win against legit competition. Um, I thought it was an amazing event, and I'm really glad that they did it. I hope they do it again. When you talk about things like face of the league or who's the most popular person um, or player on earth, most of the time it's like subjective takes and why you think it's this person and why you'd argue that it should be considered LeBron or Steph or whomever it is. But there's occasionally objective measures. Um, One of them is the jersey sales, right? And we look at that. Who's been selling the most jerseys? The other is, do you have your own fucking event at All-Star Weekend? (laughs) Because from what I can tell, there's only been one player in the history of the NBA who had an entire event based basically on his skill set, his personality, and his sellability. So, yeah, man, I'm with you. Steph is the thing I like to... um, before we get to the don't like, Tony, where are you at on this? Yeah, so for me, glass half uh, half full is that only one warrior participated in the weekend. So hopefully when we get back uh, tonight versus oh. the Lakers, we should be fresh and ready to go. Nice. I also like the court. You know, I, we, I was all ready to be a hater. And then exactly what I guessed would happen, Maxime, happened. I sat down. It like nothing was really happening at first. You know, Friday night, they were kind of stingy with the court effects during like the Rising Stars game. And then um, I don't even remember when they really showed it off, but I went from being slightly jaded to all the way in to being like in awe of what was happening down there. Tony, could you play on that court? You know, like if the if suddenly it's glowing green like it did during the three point contest. Do you think that that fucks with your ability to hit shots or are you so locked in at that stage? It doesn't matter, you know, what, what color the court is pulsating. You know, I, I don't know. The only thing I could compare it to is trying to play basketball at uh, sky zone on the trampolines. And yeah. when you're jumping and stuff's going on and kids <laughs> are going all over the place and you just kind of tune it all out. I'd have to imagine at first it's a little bit of a distraction, but once you're dialed in, you're dialed in. Yeah, I mean, I'd like to say that it was, that's pretty, it was pretty fucking bright. I mean, it was like it was green and and yellow. It looked like a big thing of Mountain Dew. I mean, when my computer screen flashed up the the Zoom meeting is being recorded now, I panicked for the first 45 seconds of this recording. So I'm not sure I'd be capable of like getting through <laughs> whatever nasty green hue is down there. Uh, things we don't like. I don't like that I do not care at all, at all about the game on Sunday. I mean, like, and and maybe they could have sucked me in with a better game. I understand the display of offense we saw. And, you know, it's, it's incredible how many points they scored. But if the players don't give one shit about who wins, then I don't care either. And I don't know. They got to fix that. I, I just don't like Sunday's game. Yeah, I, I agree. I think um... – the thing I don't like right now is the discourse on how to make it more competitive and the idea floating around that, hey, let's give this team home court advantage. I just think that's the worst thing that could ever happen using an exhibition game to determine uh, what someone's worked hard for all season. So I did send out a tweet. Um, it was interesting. I said, hey, you know, how about every winner gets a million dollars plus a million dollars to their charity and a loser gets a hundred thousand? I thought that was a good idea. And Juan Toscano Anderson tweeted back and he said, Hey, Tone, all these guys are making 35 mil a year. That, that doesn't move them. So you hear the players saying 
a change needs to be made. Everyone's saying a change needs to be made, but the reality is it's an exhibition game and it's, it's a fun game. And as soon as people start treating it like that, then, you know, I, I think people will enjoy it a little bit more. It's really hard to watch. Um, you know, I was, I was trying to think of some way they could make it like squid game where they got a big pot of money up top. And every time something happens, money's dropping in and guys are getting eliminated. That would probably make it a little more exciting, but I just don't see what will move these guys other than significant amount, significant amounts of money. I mean, I'm pretty sure that Adam Silver won't be on board if they start killing the players via Squid Game. But it why was... did it say kill? You saw the, the the most recent Squid Game. They have like a real one. Have you seen it? I actually I have, and like they shoot it, people uh, with like a black ink, and they go. Uh, they, they no, sure, to die. I mean, Tony, you're ruining my fucking joke here, so I'm just going to stick with the no. You meant killing them, and also uh, Maxine. Follow up question for you, and it's a glimpse into Tony's personality or guess into his personality. So for us, dude, you know, if I tweet something out there and a player, any player answers, if it's Juan Toscano or anybody else, I would be so happy. You know, I'd play it cool, but I would be so happy. Tony's worked with players, you know. Um, so when JTA answered him, do you think it made his day? Like, was he super fired up or like whatever? You know, this, it happens all the time. He works with NBA guys. Right. Well, so first of all, just to piggyback off of that, specifically the fact that we have somebody that comes on the podcast that then drops, oh, yeah, you know, Juan was uh, tweeting back at me, gets Absolutely. me all fired up. So listen, yeah, you know. No big deal. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, right, that's what I meant. No big deal. Yeah, not not a thing, whatever. Um, no, I think, you know, Tony has worked with Damian Lillard, right? As you said in the introduction, he's he's played professionally himself. I think this is just sort of par for the course. It seems like that's one of the things I like about All-Star Weekend and actually why I'm so excited that it's in San Francisco next year is it's it's – all the people that we know and love, all these different personalities, not just on the court, but also off the court, convening in one place. And it kind of feels like Tony's already inside of that. So once you're already hanging out in that world, I don't know, correct me if I'm wrong, Tony, but it seems like you're just like, oh yeah, these are my boys. It is what it is. Don't correct me yet, Tony. I say 100% it got you fired up. You definitely were happy to re receive that uh, return you know, tweet from JTA, but it does happen. Right. Like, I'm not saying it's out of the blue. I think that it does happen frequently enough. But every time it does happen, it does make your day. What's the answer? How fired up were you when JTA hit you back? OK, well, let, let me start off by saying <laughs> I coached JTA in high school. So he went to Castro Valley High, but I was coaching JV at Bishop O'Dowd High School at the time. And his best friend played for me. So he used to come to all the summer games um, and he would just say, Hey coach, can I run with you guys? And he'd play in the games and we would just murder people. Go. It wasn't fair. It was just, <laughs> you know, he'd come in. So to answer your question, I was a little fired up, but I was also a little pissed off because I, I asked him a follow-up question. And he never responded. So I'm a little bitter about that. I was like, come on, Juan, you know, give, give, give me your thought on what could make this a little more, uh, exciting, but you know, he just had a kid, so he's probably pretty busy, but yeah, no, any, any time a guy, uh, you know, looks at your work or has something to say back. It always makes you feel good. The perfect answer and the perfect transition. Let's talk Warriors. So the title of this segment, really, Tony, is just a prediction segment. But I'm calling it, is it safe to care? And here's why. The way I dealt with the Warriors' uneven start, not uneven, when they plunged beneath 500 and it didn't look like there was any real hope, the way I kind of guarded my heart was like, okay, this isn't the year. We don't have a real shot. Just focus on small things. JK's development, Clay accepting a new role, you know, and, and just accepted them being a sub 500 team. And then now the sprint into the all-star game, there was more than reasons for optimism. You know, they look like the second hottest team in the league, maybe behind the Clippers. It looks like Draymond's fixed all this stuff. And so when we do these predictions, I'm kind of trying to decide, like, is it safe to open my heart back up, right? So I got specific questions, but let me throw you a softball first, because I meant what I said. I, I was looking forward to having you and you were in pick for this. Do you believe the Warriors turnaround going into the All-Star break? You know, did you feel that Draymond's return has, in fact, fixed a lot of these things, or was it just a, a hot streak? Um, so I'm going to answer both. I think they've definitely turned something around. But you know, the last two games concerned me a bit. So everything was cruising. They're they're beating the shit out of the Clippers. And then they blow a lead and lo lose at the end. And then the game right before the break, they were up, what, 14, 16 to start the fourth quarter. And Colin Sexton has a wide open three to send it to overtime. And luckily he misses. So 
part of me thinks they took a, a jump, but when you can't close out games, and that's been their real uh, Achilles heel all season, then you're not going to win the you know the amount of games you need to get into the playoffs. So I'm not quite sure. You know, I think this little stretch here, they got what LA tonight, Denver uh, over the weekend. If they can start closing out games in a meaningful way, then I think I'm I'm going to start to get a little excited. But I did. I started to get a little excited after that win streak, and then they kind of reverted back. Because um, you watch you watch every game, Brand Maxine. They've had at least what ten games where they had a, a huge lead, and it came down to the last possession of the game because they just fucked it off in the fourth quarter. Look, it's gotten to the point now to where they have a big league going in the fourth quarter, and I'm already telling anyone who listens, oh, they're going to lose this game. You know, I mean, yeah. dude, thank God for John Collins. If John Collins hadn't fired that pass <laughs> 50 rows above Keontae George's head and they had won that game and we had to sit at the throughout this all-star break with that loss, you know, like talk about a different mental space. But he didn't. So thank you, John Collins. That, that was a bizarre play. I, I don't remember ever as a player missed a pass that bad. I mean, he missed it by about 40 feet. It, it got above him. Um, <laughs> and you know what? I'll, I'll make this into a compliment and a belated one because, Maxime, you brought up Sabrina and the Steph thing. And that could have been a like gigantic black eye for the league. And instead, it could not have gone better. You know, the, the John Collins find himself in that weird moment of stress and reacted by firing the ball far too high. Sabrina, you know, if, if, she was representing women's basketball. She came out there and put up a 26, the exact same number. Basically, the best shooters on earth had been averaging in the three-point contest immediately before. Steph then came out and, and showed that he is the best three-point shooter on earth. But instead of folding in that incredible moment of very unique pressure, they both really, really stood out. So, uh, so props to them. But back to the Warriors. Maxime, how are you feeling going into the the post all-star break, man. Like, are you optimistic? Are you, are you guarded? Like, how would you describe this? Oof, it, that is, you brought up two words that I think are equally weighing in my mind because personally I'm feeling pretty guarded. I'm, I'm feeling like what Tony brought up is too many indication or too many games now to not be anything other than a pattern of blowing late game leads. Um, it, it doesn't feel like a squad that has figured everything out yet. And then at the same time, with Draymond coming back, as we've discussed before, unlocking the Kamigo Wiggins uh, lineup. And then I don't know if you guys saw it, Kendra Andrews uh, tweeted out uh, a quote yesterday from Brandon Pajemski saying that Kerr showed them the the standings ahead of practice. And he said uh, that they're five games out of the five or six seed and that they're focused on trying to get into the five or six, get out of the plan. And that quote, we got the confidence we can beat any team in a seven game series. So they're at least expressing some, uh, some optimism about what's happening. And that is coming at the right time. There is things to back up a lot of that confidence. So, you know, like I said, I'm a man of two world, two worlds, but I know that we like to put a lot of spin on things in the NBA media, and I'm not quite ready to crown them as back and ready to make a resurgent playoff run. Let's start weaponizing these emotions, boys. Let's get some predictions on the line. And the first question is kind of a difficult, uh, Question here. So, Tony, why don't you take it first? Who starts more games going forward? Clay Thompson, Pajemski, or Chris Paul? Wow. Um, first, Kerr's track record has shown that when he makes changes, they're not always permanent. Yep. Um, hmm. I honestly think how it depends – or how, how Clay does the next couple games. Obviously, the first game he came off the bench, he went crazy, right? Was that the Utah game? Yep. We scored 30-something. Um, how many games are left? Uh, there are 29 games left. I say that Pajemsi starts more games than Clay because he's going to go with this lineup for the next 10 or so games, and then, you know, injuries, all that kind of stuff. I'm going to go with Pajemski starts more games than Clay. Maxime, do you agree? Uh, yeah, and I don't know if, how much I'm stealing the thunder here, but there's a there's a Kerr quote that 
our good friend Jay Dumas posted saying basically, yeah, he's planning on bringing Clay off the bench for the foreseeable future, and specifically that he's excited about the CP3 Clay bench pairing. So um, I think that's an indication that at least for the time being, Pajemski is going to be starting over both of those guys. Yeah, and let's add some stakes above my emotional well-being to Maddie Stats is out there, Tony, as you may remember. When we drop predictions here, Maddie is out there writing them down, and at the end of the year, we get a percentage uh, kicked back to us to let us know how well we've done throughout there. So this will be one of those. I agree with you. All right. I am also taking Pajemski, but let me ask the real question. Yeah. So if you had, this is subjective, we won't get an actual answer for Matty stats to write down here, but Clay's attitude going forward, you know, because right now that first game after Utah, he said all the right things and you know, had an output that backed it up. But I don't think we can guarantee that he's just going to be totally good with coming off the bench uh, going forward. So what will his attitude be? Good, bad, or constantly changing over the remainder of the season? Tony, take us first again, man. What do you think here? So I think I think if you if you get into a player's lens, once you kind of get over the fact that you're not starting, it really comes down to who's finishing, right? So I don't think Clay's going to be upset anymore. If he doesn't start, yeah, maybe in a big game where his name's not announced. But if he continues to not close, I think that has more of a psychological effect on a player who's always been seen as a closer, someone who puts teams away. Um, so I, I'm not sure. You know, I'm not sure if they're winning and he's not closing, then all good. If they're losing and he's not closing, that could be bad. Yeah. And I think it's it's going to be dependent on matchups, obviously. There's going to be some games, I think, against more veteran teams where, you know, pods just can't close. You know, I think the Clippers, that's twice now he's got significant minutes and close against the Clippers. And, you know, he, the veterans take over. So um, I have a feeling that Clay's attitude is going to be good the rest of the season. Um, I think we talked about it last week. Bram when we went out to beers, you know, I think he's coming to grips with his new role. Yep. It takes time, but you know, some of the clips that people show online, it's real easy to, to cherry pick one little clip of him, not giving someone a high five or knocking something over. But when you're in the heat of the battle, sometimes you don't give people high fives. It doesn't mean you're being a dick. It doesn't mean you're not being a good teammate. You're just focused on other things. So, um, I think if the discourse is just, hey, let let him do his thing and let it run its course, we should be good. I agree almost across the board. So I, I think we're, we still got a couple of pouty clay moments in our future. I think we'll have some images of him being upset on the bench or accidentally missing the high five, whatever it is. And I think we can kind of parrot what you just said, Tony. I think that Kerr is also still going to be figuring out these lineups, especially cloning lineups, now that CP3 is coming back in there. And so while his role is changing, will Clay's mentality also change? Yeah. But I do think that by the end of this season, he'll have a much better understanding of where he fits in on the team. I think his mentality will meet it. And that's exactly what they need. That's the best case scenario for this season in my mind, because then they go into the offseason and they can negotiate a contract that actually matches his role. Um, Maxime, take a different question, but a very similar one. So same three players, Clay, Pods, CP3, who closes more games going forward? The, the, the best case scenario for me as a fan, and especially as a fan of Clay, would be that the answer is Clay. Because I think to Tony's point, what it says is, okay, we've seen how the game is progressing. Clay's coming off the bench for the foreseeable future, which means he's coming in and he's having a heater like he did the first time he came off the bench. Um, which means then, oh, okay, this is this is he's playing well. This is a good matchup for him. We're gonna go with him. I, I wouldn't be surprised if there is more if there is more inconsistent play because we haven't seen B Clay be able to be the Clay of uh, pre-injury Clay in in enough of a way to make me feel confident that he's gonna be able to do it for the rest of the season coming off of the bench. I think that was great because he had a lot of motivation because it was something new. It was something for him to think about. But I don't know that he's gonna use that same fuel through these last 26 games. So I'm thinking it's it's CP3. Tony, do you agree? Well, you know, I, I think CP3's on the team because Steph wants him on the team. He wants someone who he, you know, can trust with the ball. I have to agree with Maxime on this one. Uh obviously it's gonna be game dependent, but 
if you've noticed at the end of a lot of these games, Steph is exhausted. They're running tons of pick and roll, freezing other guys out um, because him and Draymond are just playing a two-man game. CP3 opens up the motion at the end of the game a little bit more. And now with the the Draymond-Wiggins-Kaminga pairing, it makes a little more sense than it did before for CP3 to close. The issue is, what I'm seeing is the size. And where the Warriors have lost a lot of games, in my opinion, in the fourth quarter is on on the boards. They just can't get rebounds. The other team just, the, the size takes over. Um, but also watching Steve Kerr for the last nine, 10 seasons, um, I'm going to have to say he's going to close more with CP three than Pajemski and him and clay will be 60, 40 CP three. So tell your stats guy to plug that into his algorithm. (laughs) Maddie stats. There you go. Kind of an aggressive take for you, Maddie, but I mean, write it down nonetheless. Ready for a career in behavioral health? Earn your online degree at Herzing University. Choose from health and human services, psychology, or social work programs. Gain the skills to work, coordinate, and manage nonprofits. Secure a bachelor's in psychology to study mental health or advance your social work career through our online master's of social work. Let us help you become a social change agent. Your future starts now at Herzing University. Text HEALTH to 85109. That's HEALTH to 85109. Or visit herzing.edu. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Which players, Tony, and I want your take on this one. So the other guy who maybe has woken up and whose mediocre play defined the beginning of the season is Andrew Wiggins. And we've talked about one of the barometers for his play is his rebounding. So right now, his stats, he's averaging 12.5 points, 4.4 rebounds. So combining points and rebounds, he's at about 16, 17. Over, under, points plus rebounds for Andrew Wiggins going forward, 20. What do you take? Over. But you got to remember, with his rebounding, especially on the defensive end, a lot of times he's guarding the first option, which is a, a ball handler. Mm-hmm. So when shots go up, he's not even in a position to rebound or to get a rebound. He's on the perimeter. So sometimes you can't just look at the number, but his on-ball defense has been fantastic over the last couple of weeks. And I think from everything I've read, he's he's getting his win back. He's he's about 80-85%. But I think I think what we're really gonna see a, a jump from his from him is in the scoring and offensive rebounding categories. So what yes, you, I say over 20. What was holding him back? I mean what, just, just watching from afar, no psychological guesses, but when you were seeing him struggle to start the year, was there any telltale signs of why you thought that was happening? Well, you know, so I, I think there, there's some folks who have let out a little bit of information. It kind of matches the eye test. He seemed to just be playing at about 60%. And I don't know if that was he was not healthy. He w- didn't have his wind. But something was just really off. And, you know, he had that broken rib. So if you've ever had a rib injury, and I have, um, just raising your arms hurts, let alone – getting up and down the court and could, could be a reason why his shots off, but that's all speculation. I, I don't know, but it seems like he's getting healthy. And, and if you read the, the code language of what Kerr was saying all along was Andrew will be fine. To me meant that he, he wasn't a hundred percent. I've got so many follow-ups and so many prediction questions. Um, 
but I'm also keeping us longer than I promised here. So let me get, I'll give you, I'll give you one that's just kind of fun. Um, and I'd love your take on it. Who has more all-star appearances over their career going forward? Jonathan Kaminka or Podjemski? They're both on the Warriors. And you, I mean, you tell me, take as far as whoever, whatever team, whatever their future holds, who ends up in that game more often? I think if they both stay on the Warriors, need, uh, playing with Steph, uh, assuming Steph plays four or five more seasons, I don't see either of them making an all-star team unless Kaminga goes crazy. Um, and if they go to another team, I'm going to have to say Kaminga. I don't, I don't see Pods as a, as an all-star on another team. He's kind of, you know, he reminds me a lot of Poole in the fact that he just fit the system really well. You know, I don't know if Pods goes to the Charlotte Hornets and people are like, oh, this Pods guy is great. I don't know. He's, he's a gamer. He's a hooper. But the role that he's in playing around Steph and these guys really elevates his game as well. I love every quote that comes out of Podjemski's camp. Uh, <laughs> the Podjemski and the rest of the Rising Stars were playing a game of uh, knockout from half court. And Podjemski won it. And it wasn't that he won it that stuck out to me. It was his body posture after he won it. He walked off the court with like uh, shoulders that squarely said, of course, that's what happened. Like, I'm not even I'm not even excited to have won that because I knew it was going to happen the same way. I wouldn't be excited for finishing the glass of water when I drink it. Like, I'm not excited for having won that, which was fantastic. Um, will Draymond get another suspension, Tony? Um, I don't think he'll get a suspension, but I think he will get thrown out of a game. Yeah, I agree with that. Maxime, ever, over the, the rest of Draymond's time here in Golden State, because here, let's answer that other one. Does he get suspended this year? I say absolutely not. Do you think Dre will have another suspension over his career for something fight-related? You know, like nothing else. It's something where he's made uh, some kind of an altercation on the court. No, I don't think so. And And the reason is twofold. Well, really, it's actually just about what he's – now projecting as for his post-playing career. I think he was setting himself up, we know he was setting himself up to be replacing Charles Barkley on TNT, to be this sort of next hotshot um, generation of announcer, and I think that all got put into serious jeopardy with that suspension because a lot of people started saying, oh, this guy's you know not a class act, right? He can't handle his emotions, and that's not something, if you're a TV executive, that you're willing to bet on. So I'm seeing him repairing his image. You just probably saw the quote from DeMar DeRozan that's like, oh, this guy is, you know, the most mis, uh, misportrayed person in the whole NBA. He's like my most reliable friend. You can see them, you know, it's probably Clutch doing a big component of this repairing of his image. And I think he's smart enough to know that the emotions that he was handling on the court were based on him trying to be a championship basketball player. As he said, right, he's the type of person that uses that energy to fuel him to push past what he's capable of. And and maybe we did need that prior to where we are now, but at the tail end of his career, he's now positioning himself to be a media member more than a basketball player, which means he needs to play it way closer to the vest. Yeah, and it feels like the accountability has really been ratcheted up. I mean, nobody knows here, so if we put it in the rubric. We Real quick, Bram, yeah. I'm, I'm going to disagree on that. Oh. I don't think that uh, I don't think that the networks care. I don't. I don't really think the NBA cares as long as you do your job at a high level. Um, Draymond could get suspended three more times, and he'll still end up on TV. I mean, his most recent two suspensions were like a month ago, right? And it was like business as usual. And if you watch that Phoenix game, there, the I feel like the refs have been giving him a little bit of leeway um, because there were three or four times he could have got teed up and thrown out of the game based based on his usual cycle. So I don't I don't think if he gets suspended this year next year it affects his his long term plans with TNT or broadcasting at all. I mean, I think you got to separate the two things you just the the. There's the player and then there's the person. So off the court, everyone says he's a tremendous guy. That's not the thing we're talking about. We're talking about Draymond on the court, right? In practice with a team, it's a, it's a, it's a different person because you have to be sometimes to compete. I don't know if I agree that the networks don't care. 
the two names I wrote down here on my notepad are Matt Barnes and Steven Jackson. Yes. And, I, and Matt Barnes really is who I'm thinking of specifically yes. because he intelligent. He is articulate. He has incredible amount of experience. He has played on championship teams. He is very successful in the media space and he is not welcomed on ESPN. Uh, we see him occasionally, but we don't see him with a with a constant slot on first take or any of those other spots. And I think it's because corporate America and normal America is a little weirded out by Matt Barnes's violent history. Bram, um, same thing for Jackson. The the so it, to add to that, I don't know if you saw this because it's it's incredible timing. Just today, Matt Barnes was let go from his role on the Sacramento local broadcast because he was also sitting at his son's um, basketball game and said that he was going to slap the other team's commentator when his son got Good a tee. Right. So like yeah. we're in it. So like he's not even welcome on the local broadcast anymore. Allegedly. And I think if you're right. Right, sure. But if you're a national broadcaster, you're sitting there thinking, well, Draymond's totally possible of going to Draymond Jr.'s game and saying something untoward because even though he's not a player anymore, he for sure cares about his son. And then we're in the same situation. So I think it is, to your point, a little bit more intertwined. When they are so uh, successful. Again, I'm going to disagree. I think most of Matt Barnes' problems are off the court, right? He got, didn't he get in a fight with Derek Fisher and the, the stuff? He got kicked out of some games recently as well. In, in addition to this other one. So Draymond hasn't really done anything off the court that has been super bad, at least the, the, that the public knows about, right? I think Matt Barnes, I, I Matt think Barnes has had some issues off the court since he retired X amount of years ago that might be holding him back. It's the issues, right? It's like it's not all suspensions are created the same. If his suspension was because of gambling or something versus fighting, I mean, I, I think that the the media can treat you differently depending on how corporate America treats you. But I mean, you know, we we are entitled to our different opinions. Um, I think he has uh, turned over a new leaf. I don't expect another suspension there. And just to finish out the Matt Barr and Stephen Jackson thing, even though they are not necessarily welcomed on first take, they're still very successful in the media space. They just created their own in the up and smoke thing. So it's not that Draymond doesn't have a future, even if he does get another suspension. It's just it might not be the media mainstream or media mainstream. Tony, to the main event, man. So the Warriors are currently 27 and 26. So they have 29 games left. How many wins do they end up with? Uh, so 29 games left. Uh, I think they win 20 of those. So is that 47? Yep, 47 and... Uh, they win twenty. Wait, give me that again. They, so they go twenty and nine. They go eleven and eleven games over. Yes. I'm, 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 they, they, they 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 have some really bad teams they're playing. Um, and I think by default they'll get twelve or thirteen wins, and then I, I have confidence that they'll beat some good teams too. And my apologies for missing it the first time. It's because my eight year old kid is standing on my left shoulder, wanting to drop something to the world. Go ahead, Sweeney. What do you want to say? Let's go Warriors. How many wins will the Warriors have? They play 29 more games. How many times do they win? Thirteen. Uh, 16. Okay. Right. Well, <laughs> we got our under from the kids. He's got us uh, in the lottery. Yeah, right. I'm I'm a little bit more optimistic. Uh I'm I'm slightly below Tony, definitely above where Kylie landed there. I'm going 18-11 to finish out of the, the last 29 games. For 49 wins. Uh, I'm sorry, for 45 wins. What do you got here, Maxine? Yeah, I mean, I, I in some ways I agree with Tony. There are like a lot of like Hornets games left, for example. Um, but there's also a smattering of like, you know, Knicks, which are pretty nice, and Celtics, Bucks, um, Nuggets. So I'm thinking I'm I'm more around you, and I might even go slightly under that than that. I think. I'm showing that my confidence is a little bit less than Pajemski thinking that we're going to make it all the way up to the five or six seed, um, maybe 17 more wins. Tony, take this one alone because I'm sure that Maxime and I will try to drag content out of this question a thousand times over the next month or so. But do the Warriors make the playoffs and how far do you see them going? How does this season play out? Now, is the play-in game considered the playoffs? It's a great distinction. I'm going to say no. They, in, in order to make the playoffs, they'd have to get out of the play-in tournament. Right. Okay, so I, I think there'll be a play-in team. So that's top 10, right? 
Um, I'm going to say they do make the playoffs and they win one series. I'll take that. Yeah. If that happens, Matthew, would you be happy? You I know, like, be, is that a I would be happy. Yes. And, and same thing for you, Tony. Would you consider that, like, when the season ended, would you satiate it? You know, like, okay, they, they, they pulled it off. Okay, so so from a fan's perspective, I'd be like, okay, they you know they turned it around and gave us a little bit of enjoyment. From a season ticket holder perspective, I need them to go to the finals so I can sell my tickets. <laughs> I immediately uh, can associate with that. In fact, <laughs> I've gotten into fights with other members of my season ticket holders because when they when they've made it to the finals, I've sold my tickets almost every time, and they get super bitter that I don't just go. But that's a conversational topic for a different time. Um, I, I was going to cut you loose, but I got to tell you another random story and then have, I don't know, a couple of more questions here for you if you got the time, man. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So it's kind of a judgment theater and it requires a little bit of a setup. It's a seminal moment in my childhood. So I used to go on family vacations with my parents to this island right off of Seattle. It's one of the San Juan Islands. It's called the Orcas Island. Super small, um, you know, a little kind of like leave it to the town. And they had this big hotel called the Rosario that we would go to. And I'm, let's say I was like eight, nine years old and my parents would eat at the Rosario and I'd go downstairs to this arcade room they had at the hotel. So there's like six or seven stand-up arcade machines down there. And I'm down there, Tony, on my own and a group of local kids come in. I'm going to say they're teenagers and they use like a crowbar or something, broke into the arcade machines and then used the quarters from the arcade machines to play the games before ultimately taking the money and leaving. And I was faced with a decision. I could just leave, right? I could leave and go tell on them. I could stay there and play the games with them. I could stay, play the games and steal the money and, and go off. And so it was like this like morality check super early in my life. And I kind of got to check in where I stood on stuff like that. You know, where else would you get a test or how do you even know how you stand in circumstances like that? So I'll tell you what I did at the end of this. But for this segment, what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you a player's name. You tell me what they would do in that circumstance. All right. Okay. All right. Wait. So, so just, just so I'm clear, the kids that came in, not only broke into the change machine, Use the quarters to play, but then stole that money. Exactly right. Exactly right. It's like over yeah, a three yeah. point. Like I, I remember being like, what's happening? And then being super surprised that they could play the games for free. And then ultimately watching them take the money out. All right. So the first player I'll give you, Steph Curry. Steph's down there kind of young. That happens. What does he do? I think that Steph. I think Steph joins them in using the free quarters to play games, but does not steal the money at the end. Uh, Maxime, I think Steph immediately leaves and tells everybody in the hotel. And he thinks he's like saving their soul as doing it. You know, like he is a genuine. Hold on. Are, you, are you talking about Steph as an eight-year-old or Steph as an adult? As an eight-year-old. As an eight-year-old. I think like, oh. even the, well, What, what eight-year-old's yeah. not going to stay and use the quarters to play free games? Okay, that's what I'm asking. So what do you think, Maxine? What does Steph do? So I'm thinking, you guys remember his uh, I Love College uh, video moment from Davidson where he was in that music video? You know what I'm talking about? Yes. Oh, yeah. yeah. So I think that that shows that Steph is more of a people pleaser in his earlier life than than maybe he would be now as this great superstar. And so I agree with you, Bram. I think he is at least playing the game. He's probably... Uh, you know, culturally sound enough or morally sound enough to not actually steal the money, but I think he wants to fit in, especially with older kids. And he doesn't. He doesn't go and tell. All right, fair enough. Uh, how about Draymond Green? What's Dray up to? What's your guess here, Tony? I think that Draymond plays video games with them. He does not steal the money, but he joins that group in their next endeavor. <laughs> wherever they're going to next he joins them because he wants to be part of the, the crew uh but i don't see draymond as a thief like he hears them talking about whatever like tonight we're gonna go you know we're grabbing drinks from this spot yeah he wants to be he wants to be in the mix <laughs> uh i like that read i like that read enough where i'm gonna steal it uh I, the, for sure he doesn't leave um i remember his mom coming on this show and telling us a story that he went in, took a Coke off the shelves at like a local 7-Eleven, 
And then when he didn't pay for it and the guy asked him about it, he said, I don't need to pay for this. I'm Draymond Green, which and so he wasn't even stealing it. He was just letting them know I am so fucking important. This <laughs> So there's no way he leaves. He also doesn't steal it. Um, and nor does he tell on anybody. Uh, Maxine, take a different player st- or a different person. Steve Kerr. What's Kerr do here? Wow. I, I Kerr is hard to get a read on, but. If I had to guess, I would say that he's the person to turn around and and definitely let everybody know that it happened. Either that or he might actually talk them into repairing the machine, putting all of the money back in, putting some of their own money in, and then going to the uh, hotel owner, apologizing, and then offering them to to buy them another machine by fundraising with a, with a bake sale. I love this. Close, <laughs> this. Close this out here, Tony. Take Maxine. What do you think he would do? I think I think Maxime stays and watches, doesn't participate in the fun extra quarters that have uh, come into his life, and he definitely goes and tells his parents. <laughs> but not but not the hotel. But like he feels kind of. Oh, weird. I'm sorry. Was that the? No, no, I don't no, think he, tell, don't think he tells the hotel. I yeah, think he tells don't his limit parents. Tells, tells his parents is a perfect detail. I mean, like it's what however you think this plays out. That's what my kid would do. A hundred percent. She'd come and tell us, but she wouldn't. Um, she wouldn't tell anybody else. Uh, I think I agree with that. I love the idea that that you have him staying in there, making everybody feel hell of awkward about the scenario. You know, it's like, are you going to participate in this or what the fuck is happening? Um, Maxime, Tony's basically already told us that he would stay in there and at least play. But what's your guess? Mm. Yeah, I mean, obviously he's playing. We know that. Uh, I don't. I don't think he's telling. I think. You know, it's the same coach's mentality, right? Like he he's he's working with these guys, but um, I don't think he's stealing the money, and I don't. Yeah, I don't think he's telling anybody. I think he's playing the game, but I don't think he's leaving with any of that cash. Um, all right, what do you think I did? So this did happen to me. This is an absolutely true story. I was down there watching them go in. They break into the machines. The game starts getting played. What's my move? I think for sure you join them to play. They asked you. To, to come with them and you you bitched out and went back to your parents and did not tell. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I I honestly I don't know. I think you just noped the fuck out of there. Right? I think you just saw what was going on and you said, I'm I'm not gonna I'm gonna pretend I didn't see this and you're gone by the time like the only way that you know that they did anything like played the game or stole the money is because somebody who was also around told you about it later. Hey, the only thing I don't like about Tony's guess on me is the phrase bitched out. I mean, I don't feel like that's totally fair. Uh, I 100% stayed down there. They came in. um, Let's see a little bit of context at that time of my life at eight years old, like four quarters, the ability to go and play on those machines was like winning the lottery. It was like the most incredible thing. I had to beg my parents for each dollar and then make that dollar last, you know, three hours or something. So when they came down there and suddenly these quarters were flowing, it was like going into like Willy Wonka's fucking chocolate factory. You know, it was like incredible. (laughs) So I absolutely played the games. They didn't invite me to come with them. Um, I could have taken a handful if I wanted. So I played, didn't steal, and then up until this podcast, didn't tell anybody. Uh, so yeah, my my mom is learning about it as I speak, uh, and so is the Rosario Hotel. So there you go. That's the truth. Um, Tony, we missed you, man. It's great to have you back. Have you, can, I, can I say what I would have done? Oh, sure. Of course. So I 100% would have sat there and played like you did. I would not have stolen, but I would have asked them, hey, can you leave me like 10 bucks so I can keep playing? Then I'd play by myself to give some money back to the, what was the name of the resort? Rosario. The Rosario. And then I would brag to my parents about what happened, thinking I was cool that I got to play down there for that whole time. <laughs> so I slightly lied um, because I have told this to somebody. I was talking to Erica, my wife, about it yesterday. And what she told me was, you did steal from them. So just by playing that game with those quarters, you were no, stealing from no, the Rosario. No, we had, we had a whole, you know I'm with you. You know I'm with you, but we had a whole like that. So that's where Erica was. She would. Why, uh, 
not only tell on us, but pointed out that in fact I was a thief just by playing those games. So she she disagrees with our our giving back to the good people of the Rosario. What prompted this memory to surface? <laughs> you know, you what? feel guilty about it. No, I'm proud, I think, but I don't remember <laughs> what it was that triggered the pride. So unfortunately, <laughs> I don't have that information for you. Um, yeah, well, shit, I meant what I said, Tony. Thank you, dude. We did fucking miss you. And for people who need far more for Sarah in their life, where do they go? Yeah, so I changed my Twitter handle. It's now triple Tony F. And um, my website for uh, my basketball academy is triple threat online.com or tcahoops.com if you don't want to type too many characters oh you know where to find us we're on social media sites everywhere on patreon as well and if you want to get us an email or let us know we did a good job bad job any job you can shoot that email too huddle at warriorshuddle.com with that in mind go warriors hopefully see you soon Good, good. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.